Well, welcome church. I'm so glad that we could join together today and worship our great God and put our focus and our hearts on Him. He is sovereign over all and He is in control of everything that's happening right now in the world and right now in your own heart and in your own life. And also happy Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. And so happy Mother's Day to all the moms who are out there today and just know that you are appreciated, that you are loved. And I'm so thankful for all the moms in our lives who've just impacted us and changed us and transformed us. And so, hey, thank you, moms. Hey guys, we are in the middle of a great series and it's on the book of Acts and we're celebrating what God's doing in his church. And so we're looking at the early church and where it all began and going back 2000 years and seeing this group of believers and the way they lived it out, their faith and their love for Jesus. So here's the question today. Here's the question. What is the boldest move you've ever made spiritually? What is the boldest move you've ever made spiritually? Think about that for a moment. What is the boldest move, right? For some of you, maybe you would say, hey, it was accepting Christ. You know, I was so nervous, but there was something going on in the inside in my heart. And, and I remember that Sunday and I ran down front of the church or I, I raised my hand at church or I got down on my knees one night at home and I committed my life to Christ. Or maybe I even raised a virtual hand in a chat room, but I, I said, Jesus, I wanna follow you. And my life's never been the same. Maybe for you, you would say, it was going to a community group. I gotta tell you, I was scared going to somebody's house and knocking on the door. We were so nervous. And, and yet when I walked in, there was a peace. And now these are some of my best friends. Uh, maybe for you, maybe for you would say, hey, it was going on a mission trip. You know, you didn't plan to go, but, but God just called you. And maybe you've never been out of the country, but you went and you saw God move and you came back changed. Uh, maybe for you, maybe for you, it was giving. You know, and God prompted your heart to, to give and you gave your first 10% and you were so nervous and that you, you saw God provide or there was somebody in need and you just said, hey, we've got to be generous. And, and God moved and took care of you and you watched this unfold or, or maybe for you, it was having a spiritual conversation. It was with your, your kids, or maybe it was with a coworker and you were nervous. You were like, I hope I don't mess this up. But, but God just stirred in you. And then you watched as God worked in their life and you were like, yes, yes. Well, today we're gonna see incredible boldness. We're gonna see the courage of, of a couple of ordinary people who just stood up for God and God worked in their lives and God worked in the church and in the world back then. Hey, if you have a Bible with you today, I wanna to invite you up with me to Acts chapter four. Acts chapter four. So New Testament, right? You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels, and then you come to the book of Acts. And so maybe you're in your living room or you're in your study or wherever you are today. If you have a Bible with you, if you don't, that's okay. We'll put the words on the screen. You can follow along with what God's word says, or maybe you've got a mobile device and you can access on your phone. You can go to our app. At Rolling Hills app, you can go to YouVersion and find the scriptures there. But let me set the stage for you as you come to Acts chapter four, right? And you look at the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see Jesus, you know, his teaching ministry, his healing ministry. And then he's crucified on the cross. And then on Easter, as we celebrated his resurrection and Jesus conquered death, made a way for you and me to have eternal life. Praise be to God. Well, Jesus is on the earth 40 more days and he brings his disciples together. He appeared to over 500 people. And in Acts chapter one, we have the last words that Jesus said on this earth. He has his 11 disciples there, right? Judas is out of the picture now. It's the 11. And Jesus tells them, he says, but you will receive power.
power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And then Jesus ascends into heaven and all the disciples are standing around just kind of looking up like, what do we do now, right? And these angels come and say, hey guys, go live it out. Go engage, right? This will be your finest hour. You go and live it out. And so they do. In Acts chapter one, there's about 120 believers, the early church gathered together. In Acts chapter two, they're praying. And so this is 50 days after Jesus has been resurrected, 10 days after he ascends into heaven. And they're praying and the Holy Spirit comes down. Wow. And they go out and they start telling everybody about Jesus, right? They're at Pentecost and people are coming to know Christ. And 3,000 people in one day came to know Jesus in Acts chapter two. And the church is on fire. I mean, just God is moving. And so the church grows from 120 believers to 3,120 in Acts chapter two. And they were meeting together in the temple courts, right? The, the Jews would worship on Shabbat on Saturday. And then here come the Christians on Sunday. And they're having church, big church there in the temple courts. They're meeting in homes and having community groups and small groups or studying God's word with their family or their roommate. And then they're coming to worship. And in Acts chapter three, Peter and John, two of the disciples, they're, they're on their way to big church and they come and there's a beggar, right? And the beggar's begging for money, right? It just, he's been there all the time. People have been walking by. And Peter says, look at me, look at me. He says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have, I give you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. He reaches down and pulls this guy's hand and the guy stands up and he, and he starts to walk. And this incredible miracle that we saw last week, man, and his guy is jumping up and down. He's praising God. His life has changed. Well, obviously a big crowd starts to come around, right? They're like, we've walked by this guy all the time. And we're seeing this guy jumping around and dead. This is the guy who was there begging. This miracle occurred and Peter, he goes, hey guys, let me just make things clear. It wasn't John and I, right? It was Jesus who healed him. He gave all the glory to God, all the glory to God. And then he says, you've got to respond. What are you going to do about this? Are you going to commit your life to Christ? Jesus, this miracle has happened to, to call you into a right relationship with God. And you will be blessed if you follow him. And so let's pick up in Acts chapter four and see what happens after Peter speaks to all the onlookers, everybody's around this huge commotion that's happening. And it says the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. All right, so there they are speaking to the people and all of a sudden the temple guard because there's a huge commotion and they come up to Peter and John. Now, once you know this, there's the religious leaders of the day and they were divided into two groups. You had the Pharisees and the Sadducees, okay? It's kind of like the political parties, right? Republicans and the Democrats, but they, they were kind of the ruling class of the temple. And so there's this commotion happening and the Sadducees come up. Now, here's how you tell the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Sadducees, they didn't believe in a resurrection, right? They believed when you died, it was like a candle blowing out. That was it, it was over. The Pharisees were like, no, 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 no. Our God is a living God. There is a resurrection. And so the Sadducees didn't believe in a resurrection. You can remember this. They were sad, you see, right? That's how you remember it, because they were sad. Uh, but they were the ruling class. They come up to Peter and John, and they were greatly disturbed, right? Because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So you can imagine, 
the Sadducees didn't believe in a resurrection. And now here they are talking about Jesus was resurrected from the dead. So they were not happy about this. And they seized Peter and John. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. All right, so in Acts chapter one, there's 120 believers. Acts chapter two, 3,000. Now here in Acts chapter four, 5,000 men, 5,000 men. Sometimes people go, well, you know, I just, you know, we don't think it's important to count people and, you know, how many people were at church. Well, they did in the early church. Why? Because every number represents a person. Every person matters to God. The church was growing. The church was alive. There was energy and excitement. You matter to God. I matter to God. Praise be to God. Well, the next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law, they met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there. And so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. And they had Peter and John brought before them, and they began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? By what power or what name? And so I want you to think about this. Here's Annas, here's Caiaphas and the high priest family. When was the last time we saw the high priest and the high priest family? Jesus. Peter and John are now standing before the same people that had Jesus crucified. I mean, you can imagine, there's gotta be a little fear, right? There's gotta be a little nervousness in them. I mean, they're standing before the same council right there that put Jesus on the cross. The worst possible way to die. But look at verse eight. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, right? But God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. Wow. I mean, you talk about courage. And I love that Peter goes like this. So guys, are you saying we're on trial today because we healed a guy? I mean, right? I mean, a guy who was hurting and in pain and now he's jumping around and walking. Are we on trial for that? But if so, just know it wasn't us, it was Jesus. Jesus is the stone you re builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. And look at verse 12, so powerful. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Guys, if you underline your Bible, underline that right there. Because I wanna tell you that is so important. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Some people might come along and say, hey, if you just do good works, you will be saved. You'll go to heaven, right? Or, or man, if you believe this or you do that, you know, and add on to Jesus. No, 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 no. It is Christ Jesus alone. Christ Jesus alone. And then we look at verse 13. And I tell you, verse 13, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, Notice that, when they saw the courage, these men and this boldness, this courage of Peter and John, and they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They hadn't been to seminary, right? They weren't Bible scholars. They were just ordinary guys, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. 
When you're with Jesus, hey, there is a boldness that comes. There's a courage that comes. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. Notice this, and they skip down here, verse 18. Then they called them in again and they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Now look at verse 19. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? I mean, just think about that. Underline that verse right there. But Peter and John, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? What do you think we ought to do, right? We're gonna listen to God. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. I love that. We can't help it. We're so excited. God has changed our lives. God is at work in his church. God is changing people around us. God is moving in our We can't help it. We've got to talk about what God's doing. There's nothing more important than that. We're going to talk about him. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Now guys, I want you to think about something for a minute, okay? This guy was over 40 years old. He was put every day there to beg. At the Temple Gate Beautiful, where everybody walks in to go to the temple. You know what that means? That means that Jesus would have walked by this guy. Think about that for a moment. And Jesus would have walked by him multiple times because Jesus came into the temple to worship multiple times. And you're thinking, well, why didn't Jesus heal him? Why didn't Jesus stop and heal him? Here, I think when Jesus came by him, I think Jesus just looked over and kind of smiled and was like, hey man, hang in there. A miracle's coming your way. God's gonna do something great in your life. You just wait on God, hold on. And God's gonna have the maximum glory. I wanna tell you, your life is gonna be changed to bring glory to God and impact so many people. Hold on. And I want to tell you this, listen, listen, listen. There is a miracle coming your way. I believe it. God is at work in your life. And maybe you feel like maybe God's forgotten about you. No, 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 no. God's timing is perfect. And I believe God's just looking at you and smiling and saying, hang in there, hold on. I am with you. I am for you. And I'm going to bring a miracle in your life. God is at work right now in your life. God's at work in your home. God's at work in all the circumstances that are going on. God hasn't forgotten about you. God's timing is perfect. You hold on to him. You hold on to him. Wow. Well, look at this. It says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So they go back to church, right? In the early church, I'm sure they've been praying, right? God released them, protect them. And when they heard this, the church heard this, they, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. <laughs> right, when Peter and John come walking into the church, they're like, yes, they are safe, they're back. And their first response to pray, sovereign Lord, God, you've done this. God, all glory to you. Skip down to verse 29. Now, Lord, consider, this is part of their prayer, right? Now, Lord, consider their threats 
and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. What? It wasn't like, Lord, consider their threats and protect us. Lord, consider their threats and, and make sure nothing happens, you know, to us or anybody else. No, it was like, Lord, consider their threats and let us speak with great boldness. God, let us become even more passionate about you and what you're doing in the world. God, use us to let people know. <laughs> Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Can you imagine that? You know what? I think, I think it was shaken. You know why? Because I think God just said, amen. I think God said amen to that prayer. And it was like, boom. You know, amen just means I agree. When we say amen to a prayer, we're saying, I agree. Amen, amen. I think God just goes, amen. And the whole place was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers, look at this, were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. And with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas. I love that. This guy's name, Joseph and the disciples changed his name, right? They gave him a nickname. And his nickname was Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. I mean, I love this guy, Barnabas. Man, he's just probably going around going, hey man, way to go, God's at work. You know, he's encouraging everybody in the church. I love people like that. This guy's just son of encouragement. Well, he sold a field and he owned and he brought the money and he put it at the apostles' feet. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of a church like this? I mean, God is moving and they're praying for boldness and God's doing miracles and lives are being changed. And listen, we're the church today. We are the church today. If you're taking notes, here's some things I'd love for you to write down because I have this powerful passage. I want it to speak to every one of us. But look at this. As the church today, as the church today, we are called to boldness. We have this call to boldness, to live it out. You know, when they saw the courage, notice that. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus, right? God working through these people. You know what? Peter and John were ordinary people that God used in an extraordinary way. So many times we, we read the Bible and we think, man, those people were different. Right? They didn't really maybe have the same challenges we do or they didn't have the same fears that we do. Or, no, they were ordinary people, just like you and me. Peter and John, I mean, they were fishermen. They owned a fishing business. They were taking care of their families. And yet they just got on fire for the Lord. <laughs> they were ordinary people that God used in an extraordinary way, just like God wants to use you and me. 53 days earlier, think about this. Peter was timid. You remember Jesus Right, when he was crucified, Peter was there. And he denied Jesus three times. He denied Jesus to a servant girl. I don't know him, no way. He was timid. And now here he is, bold. What changed? What changed? You know what? 
the forgiveness of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus reinstated Peter in John chapter 21, <laughs> Peter, do you love me? It just changed him. Yes, I love you, God. Now I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna do whatever you call me to do. And the power of the Holy Spirit, God's spirit working through him. And listen, listen, listen. There's nothing you can do to make God love you anymore. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you any less. God loves you. And when you and I have that confidence that God is with me, that God is for me, man, I can live with courage. I can live with faith. I can be bold. Peter was bold. Peter and John spoke boldly about Jesus. <laughs> they didn't try to take the glory for themselves, right? They didn't say, hey, look what we have done. They said, guys, listen, salvation is found in no one else. It's Jesus. He's the hope of the world. He's the one who will change your life. He's the one who brings the miracles. It's all about Jesus. I want you to see too, as a church today, we have a responsibility to God. We have a responsibility to God. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? And we have to make that determination in our life. Are we gonna listen to the world and what the world tells us to do and the way the world tells us to live? Are we gonna say, you know what? I've got a responsibility to God. I'm gonna listen to him. Peter and John understood the responsibility to obey God over man. Hey, God's called us to, to love people. God's called us to give. God's called us to share. We have a different agenda. We have a different mindset. Yeah, we're in the world, but we're not of the world, right? You know, as Christ followers, our first responsibility is to God. Our first responsibility is to Him. So we wake up every morning and say, God, how do you want to use me today? How are you calling me to be your witness? <laughs> and that's all we're called to do. We're just, to, hey, I can't help talking about what God's doing in my life. I can't help talking about the, the way God's providing for me or taking care of me or keeping my family healthy or, or, or just coming alongside me when I'm worried. I, I can't help talk about it. I've got a responsibility to be a witness. We have a responsibility as God's church today. You know, as God's church, we're called to be the hands and feet of Christ. We're called to reach out. We're called to love. We're called to serve. Our responsibility, and are we gonna live it? There's a lot of people who go, man, I'm just gonna be timid. I'm gonna hold back, you know, because I'm nervous or I'm scared. That's not our call. Our call is to engage in the love and the grace of God. And that's where miracles happen. That's where God shows up. When we step up and step out, God does what only God can do. All we do is just, hey, I'm gonna be obedient. I'm gonna be obedient to what God calls me to. Look at this. They were in a world of uncertainty and so are we, but they had a great faith in God. <laughs> As you think about your life, you know, where's your faith? Where's my faith, you know? Is it in the things of this world? Is it like that beggar, right? Hey, I just need money. I just need silver or gold. And they're like, hey, silver or gold I don't have, but what I wanna do is something bigger in your life. Is my faith in the, in the climate of the world? Is my faith in the things that are going really well or is my faith in God? Regardless of what's gonna happen, God, I'm gonna trust you. God, I'm gonna trust you. You know, we're living in this uncertain world right now, right? And COVID-19 has changed everything. But I wanna tell you this, I believe people are more open today to the gospel than ever before. I believe people are searching and seeking more than ever before. People wanna know 
What really matters? What's going to last? People are looking at their own mortality and beginning to ask questions about what's next, what's eternity hold. And guys, we don't have to have all the answers. We're like Peter and John, you know, we're, we're ordinary, unschooled men and women. We just, we just need to be like, hey, I want to tell you about what God's done in my life. I want to tell you what God's done in my heart. I want to share with you. You know, look at this, the importance of prayer. I want you to see this, because this is so powerful here in the book of Acts, and especially in Acts 4. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. In prayer. The response of the early church was to pray. You can imagine they're, they're on their hands and knees praying when Peter and John walk in, and immediately they just kind of circled them in. They're like, hey guys, let's just pray. Let's just give glory to God. When good things happen, we pray. When bad things happen, we always pray. You know, we're always like, God, help, I need you. But when good things happen is our first response, God, all glory to you. God, you provided financially. God, you took care of us. God, you provided for my family. God, you took care of, of providing in, in the midst of uncertain times. And God, all glory to you. Sovereign Lord, you're in charge of all that there is. Prayer gives us the proper perspective. You know, prayer reorders our life, right? It just puts our eyes on him and not on the things of the world, not on our worries, our fears. It puts our eyes on the one who is sovereign. Sovereign means being in control, right? It means that God is all powerful. He's in control over everything. Sovereign Lord, they prayed. God, just remind me that you've got all this. You have it all under control, the perspective. There is power in prayer. Prayer invites God into the situation. Prayer is like, hey, I can't do it, but God can. And God, I just want to invite you in. So let me ask you, what are you praying about right now? In your prayer life, what are the things that you're praying for God to do, for the way God to move? Are there people in your life that you're praying would come to know him? Are there people around that you're praying for, for health or for safety or for provision? What are you praying about right now in your life? One of the boldest moves you can make is just to amp up your prayer life and say, God, I'm gonna start praying. I'm gonna make it a priority, God, because that's when we'll see those miracles happen as God's people start to pray. As Christ followers in this church today, we are called to pray. We are. And sometimes we go, well, I'm so busy, I don't have time to pray. <laughs> now in this day and time, right, with COVID-19 and with social distancing and sheltering in place, hey, there is a new normal. And for us to reorder our lives and to say, you know what? I want time with the Lord. I want to make that a priority for every day that I have some time with the Lord. I want, I want to spend some time. Maybe I read a chapter. I go on the Rolling Hills app and, and, and I start to read each day and, and I go through the book of Acts like we're going through now or through Psalms like we're going through now. I can go on there and take a daily step but I want to spend some time every day praying. Would you reorder your life right now and make prayer a priority? Make prayer a priority. And then notice this one, the assurance that we are better together. Guys, we are better together. All the believers were one in heart and mind. I love that. They were one in heart and mind. You know what that means? They had the same purpose. They had the same calling, you know? Men and women and children all united in Jesus and his church. And you notice that men, women, children. I mean, as you see that through the book of Acts and you see God working, they were united in Jesus. 
We can do more together for God's glory than we can alone. We can do more together for God's glory than we can alone. We're better together. We need God and we need each other. Guys, think about that. We need God today and we need each other. Walking alongside one another. We are the church. We are the church. You know, as the church, the body of Christ, man, we have a loyalty to one another and we have a devotion to God. Putting Him first in our lives and in our hearts. Uh, today is also Mother's Day. And, and I'm so thankful for all the moms. And, and I want you to hear today from somebody who's, who's a mom. She's really special to me. She's special to our church. She's been here from the very beginning and she's amazing. Uh, she's my wife, Lisa. And I want you to hear a little bit of her story today. Watch this. Lisa, thanks so much for um, just sitting down and telling us a little bit about kind of your life and even your mom. And uh, I know this is Mother's Day and I know how much your mom uh, has always meant to you. And what did you learn from your mom? What did she teach you? Well, I had a really wonderful, exceptional mom. She was kind, loving, caring, patient. She was just a really great mom. But one memory really stands out to me. And I remember as I was a little bit older, when I'd gone to college or when I moved to Nashville, I would go home to visit the, my family. At the end of the day, when it was time to go back to college or Nashville, she would always walk me out to the car and I would you know, start to back out, to drive away, and then she would walk out into the road and stand there. And I'd finally have to make it to the place where I would turn to go on the main road and give one last look. And she was still standing there watching over me. And uh, my mom passed away three weeks before Kate was born, my young, our youngest daughter. And um, so one day I was having my quiet time and I was in my office and I was praying. I think I was missing my mom that day. And he just brought that memory back to me of her standing there. And, you know, a hundred times I probably saw her, and, um, but I didn't realize until that moment um, in my prayer time that my mom was praying over me, that God just helped me to realize that uh, all those times that she was standing there, she wasn't just standing there watching me, she was standing there praying over me. And I think that's the thing that stands out probably the most is how much, um, how much she prayed for me and how much she loved me. I'm just so thankful that He allowed her to be my mom. I love that, and uh, you're an amazing mom, you know, and I'm just so thankful for her pouring into you and for the mom that you are today. And, and what are you trying to teach our kids? I do want to pray for our girls. One way that I have done that is I, with each of them, when they were born, I got a journal, a book for each one of them. We'll write my prayers sometimes to them. If I'm praying for them, you know, on a birthday or New Year or just, just a day, something something special that I want them to remember, something them to know. I actually looked through this last night and came across one that um, kind of spoke to me that I thought was perfect for Mother's Day. This one's Grace's book. You're so awesome, so sweet to me. We love summer. This week you and I had a little time that was just ours. You smiled at me and asked, why do you wear makeup? You don't need it. I think you're beautiful without it. I didn't even know what to, how to respond. Who's the parent here? I'm humbled and touched that you think I'm beautiful. I decided to post on Facebook the conversation that you and I had, and I think most 
all children that have a loving mother see their mom as beautiful. And I wanted to share that to maybe encourage another mom out there. That post has had more comments and likes than any other post I have ever made. So I wanted to put that post in the comments in your book. I think it's powerful. I hope all the moms that read it can pause and see that they are beautiful. I love that you do this and that you're going to give these to them and they're just going to know the stories and know your heart. So we're talking today just kind of about boldness and, you know, praying for her kids and praying. Um, but also, what, what's kind of the boldest uh, move you've ever made spiritually? What is something that God called you to do and you just, you stepped out in faith and you saw God do a miracle? <laughs> I think it would probably be planning a church. We just prayed about it and really felt like that was what God was calling us to do. And I remember um, saying to you, and for some reason God gave me this 15 year, I mean, what's life going to look like in 15 years? You know, I just remember saying to you, I don't want to look back in 15 years and say, well, I wonder what God would have done. I want to look back in 15 years and say, this is what God did. I just want to say thank you. I mean, I love um, sharing life with you, doing ministry with you, and uh, you're just an amazing wife and an even greater mom. And so, happy Mother's Day, but it means more probably coming from those who call you mom. So, you guys. Happy Mother's Day! <laughs> happy Mother's Day, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. You know, I'm so thankful for all the moms that are there and so thankful for the difference that Mom's making our lives. I'm so thankful for my wife. I love my wife. I'm so thankful for my daughters who have grown up in this church and the impact this church has had on their lives. And God is at work, you guys. And in the middle of COVID-19, when things are being stripped away, you know, travel and sports and, and all these other things, we're left with what's really important. And what's really important is God, His Word, family, and church. And so I want to encourage you today, you know, would you just think about what are the things that are important in my life? How can I prioritize God? How can I put Him first? How can I prioritize my family and the people in my life? How can I prioritize being a part of the early church and living my life for the glory of God? I want you to see this, right? Corey Tinboom. She said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. God is at work and God loves you. So what's the bravest move you've ever made spiritually? Maybe it's today. Maybe the bravest move is for you today. Today to say, Jesus Christ, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to come into my heart. God, I give my life to you. I've been around, I've heard, but I've never raised my hand. I've never accepted Christ. Right now, where you are, if you're in the chat room, you can raise a virtual hand or you can get down on your knees where you are and just say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name by which we must be saved. Maybe for you, the, the bravest move you can make is to, to talk about Jesus with your children or with your spouse or or maybe God's put somebody on your heart today, you know, a, a coworker or a neighbor, a friend, and, and you need to have a spiritual conversation. Maybe the bravest move you can make is this, is just to say, God, I'm gonna live every day for your glory. 
God, I want you to use me. Father, I am yours. Listen, I don't know where you are today, but I know this, that God is at work in your life. And I know that a miracle is coming. Would you trust him? Because yeah, I believe the rest of your life can be the best of your life. You put God first and let's make a commitment to be God's church today. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. Thank you for the example that we see in scripture. And thank you, Father, for the people you put in our lives today. Thank you for our moms, for our family. Thank you, Father, for the body of believers that comes around us right now. And God, I pray for every person who's watching today. I pray, Father, that you would move in their life. I pray that a miracle would happen and that they would feel your presence. God, move in our lives right now. Help us to be brave. And when people see courage in our lives, God, that we can't help speak about what you've done. And God, that people would say, wow, they've been with Jesus. <laughs> They've been with Jesus. So Lord, we love you and we dedicate our lives to you. It's in your name that we pray, amen.